Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up June 8th through the 10th in Texas in the peaceful Rolling Hill Country. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we actually have uh, on the line from us all the way from Portland, Oregon, our director of training, John Fort. So, John, thanks for uh, being with us here. You're welcome. Yeah, so uh, before we dive into what we're going to have John talk about, I just want to let you know that um, we are a listener-supported broadcast. What that means is the only way that you're hearing us or seeing us on the video is uh, because we've had generous partners come alongside and uh, and partner with us financially. And so the support that we get is um, really encouraging us and it lets us continue to bring these um, podcasts to you. So if you'd like to come alongside and support the work that we're doing, you can go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. Well, hey, John, I want to dive into this because um, you have been working actually for quite some time, actually quite some years on helping parents and teenagers and just helping them kind of navigate that transition from childhood to adulthood and how that uh, pertains to sexuality and the questions that are often raised, um, both from parents as well as from teenagers. And so we wanted to um, have you on because, you know, you've been refining a resource over the years uh, that you've been calling Parenting for Purity. And so why don't you share with us a little bit of your history in dealing with parents and then maybe kind of how this resource has come about and the things that are that are ahead in terms of this resource eventually getting launched. Okay. Well, it all started, uh, I don't know how many years ago. Um, there's a, a men's conference that, that I went to every year and they turned it into a father son one where, where kids 13 years old and older could, could attend. And they talked, it was geared around sexual purity and they would always have people talk about that fathers are supposed to talk to their sons. And that was great, but they never said what to say. Um, and so my son and I, in the meantime, had been doing, uh, accountability for, uh, between us, two of us and dealing with these issues since he was about 11 and um, I approached him once at times. Why don't you just let me and my son come and we'll just show you people there what we do. And that's how this all started. And um, uh, then over the year, the demand for that got greater. Um, and then we, I uh, worked with a counselor, uh, social worker, actually, Ann Martin, who specializes in working with uh, 
children and, and sexual issues that they sometimes have. And she has daughters and I have a daughter too. So we added in the mother and daughter thing and this, it kept growing and growing and growing. And eventually, um, uh, the presentation got too long. And so we, we were developing into a course mm-hmm. and it was just too much to sit through it. We got to be four hours long and that's too, way too long to sit through. So, well, and, um, and it's, I think it's, it's important to note that along the way, um, you and your son actually did write a book together for yeah. fathers and sons, right? So why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah, the, the uh, Father-Son Accountability is a short book, but it's a book we wrote together when he was 15 um, about uh, the kinds of conversations that we had and what worked and what didn't work um, in doing accountability around sexuality, um, including things like fantasy and masturbation and pornography use and all that kind of stuff and how to deal with all that. Um, what what exactly to talk about when a father and son sit down together and how how that works? Well, um, and, the, and then the response that we would often have is is when we were telling people about father son accountability, it was awesome when we take that to our men's workshops or whatever else. But then we would have uh, mothers contact yeah. us, or we'd have others that would you know that have teenage girls or whatever, and they're like, okay, so but what about for us? And so I, you know, right. some of what has happened is then it's sort of morphed beyond just fathers and sons and realizing this is a parent-teen conversation, whether it's mothers and daughters and fathers and daughters or mothers and sons. Well, we also added in single parents, and it's not just teenagers, by the way. We start at five years old now. And so this starts with, um, first of all, we start with some concepts that we have to be using throughout, no matter what age your kids are. And then we start with ages uh, five to eight, I believe, and talk about what what are the what are the things that need to be happen during those ages. And then we have middle children, and then we have teenagers, thirteen and up. So there's three age groups that we we address, and kind of cycling through the kinds of things that you talk about for each of those age groups. So one of the things that we deal a lot on is called we call emotional awareness. Um, emotions play a huge role in, in sexual purity. Uh, my wife and I, just both of our personal story um, and our own brokenness that we had was related to us never being taught how to deal with our emotions growing up. And so um, with our children, we did a lot of, uh, of teaching that when they were young, and that made a huge difference when they got to be teenagers. Um, so that's a big piece of this. So we talk about what do you how do you what what do you need to teach about emotions when they're little and when they're a little older and then as teenagers how that works and then you play that off of the conversations that you have about sexuality so, so the, this is, one so, of the unique things about this is that, that we tie the emotional piece into everything else so yeah so that would be one example of one of those foundational i guess principles is emotional awareness and emotional knowing how to respond to emotions um, help the to unpack that just a little bit more for parents out there. For some, maybe this is the first time they've heard that explicitly stated that way. They might have intuitively known that there's either maybe a deficiency in how they communicate their own emotions or how they seek to draw out uh, the emotions of their children. How would you maybe help a parent sort of understand that whole concept of emotional awareness? Well, God created us as emotional beings. Um, the emotions were his idea. And we're also relational beings. And so whenever something is broken in a relationship or we perceive that a relationship might be damaged or broken, you usually have negative feelings that come out of that, either fear or uh, whatever. Um, so what happens is, um, especially this is even more so today, I believe, than in future, 
uh, past generations is that our kids grew up in such an artificial world. Everything's online. Um, and so nothing feels particularly real. And that's a safe place to go to because they feel in control. Um, another thing that's similar to that is sexual fantasy, because in, in any kind well, any kind of fantasy, really, because in, in our fantasies, everyone does exactly what we want them to. They're almost like the whole world is our slave. And none of that is real and none of that meets an emotional need. So one one emotional need is to have contact with people, to be affirmed by other people. Well, no amount of, of fantasy or anything that happens online can actually affirm us as people because it's all fake. None of it's real. And so by being aware of their emotional needs like affirmation, then we learn oh, how do you get affirmation? What's the appropriate way to set that up? Um, and so that way, um, a lot of time what's happened with kids is that they're so disconnected from the world and they need affirmation that um, they get involved with some kind of sexuality, whether it's real or artificial, that's trying to fill that need instead of the real thing. Now, see, I would say... For a lot of parents, I think this is a huge leap for them to make because typically the presenting event or activity that is causing them to get into a whole hyperventilated state regarding their teenager or their child is because they found pornography on their kid's phone or they they found a text or something that was sexualized. They found So there's some kind of presenting, if we could put it this way, symptom, right? And so most parents are going to come with the mindset of what do I do to sort of eliminate this and lock it down and make sure this never happens again. And so how do you help a parent go from that presenting event to connecting to this issue of emotional awareness? I mean, how do you help them navigate that path? Because they're probably just thinking, no, 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 tell me the software I need to put on my kid's phone. Tell me how to, you know, basically put them in a cage and make sure that nothing happens like this again. Well, well, there, there's there's a couple of issues. First of all, uh, during puberty, there's a lot of just curiosity, and so during certain ages, their drive just to find out information about sex. If they're not finding it anywhere else, they're going to go look for it somehow, and so that is a little different. In other words, that is just a truly a sex drive. They're trying to figure out what is this that this these feelings I have inside of me that they're new. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it can be that can be, I mean, maybe even to some extent, um, somewhat innocent. I've talked to a number of young adults who the first time they saw pornography was they just looked up sex on the internet because their parents weren't knowing was telling them what it was and they wanted to know what it was. And so their, their interest was completely innocent. What happened after that wasn't because that's the wrong place to go looking for that. On the other hand, so that, that most people think that's kind of what it's all about, but it is only a relatively short time during a child's development, it seems, that that's the reason why they're going online. Very soon after that, um, what's going to happen is a kid did got a bad grade on a test at school or something. Okay, and they don't they know their parents are going to find out. They're stressed out about it. They don't want to talk about it. Um, and they've seen maybe pornography or they fantasized before or whatever. And that makes the brain shut off negative feelings. Um, any kind of sex, our brains are designed that when sex is involved, everything else turns off. And so um, without even really realizing what's happening, the kid is escaping into some kind of fantasy sex, whether that's porn or just in their brain or whatever. Um, so that they don't have to think about this thing that's coming when they're going to ha- when their parents are going to find out they got a bad grade on the test. For example, that's just one example. 
And so um, by teaching a kid to deal with that and not be afraid of confronting uncomfortable situations, they don't have to go to that. And you have to teach the child the relationship because they don't see the relationship. So this is not something you do all at once. This is something that takes years that you build up to. Um, how do you good- help? How do you help a parent um, begin to navigate into those kind of conversations? Because again, these can feel like very, very separate issues, meaning one is I just want to correct my kid's behavior and make sure it never happens again. The other being there is a heart issue going on here. There's emotional things. There's there's a tie that is happening in that child between negative emotions and the positive, you know, um, chemical response to sexual yeah. stimulation. So how do you help a parent begin to say these things are not so separate, the behaviors that my kids are exhibiting and the emotions that they're feeling. And what would be maybe a uh, a helpful way to, to engage parents in just beginning a conversation about the feelings of their kids? Yeah. Well, our goal in this is for parents to begin thinking about this and getting training when their children are younger and younger. The earlier you start, the easier this is going to be. So that's why, I mean, you could have children younger than five, but the idea is by five years old, you're beginning to teach them what their feelings are. And we go through, what does that look like? So that has nothing to do with sex whatsoever. But um, what are you feeling right now? Uh, I remember my son in grade school came up to me one time and just said, I feel sad. And I don't know why. In other words, he couldn't put any reason to what was making him sad. He just knew he was. And that was a, a, a moment of we're moving forward. He recognizes there's a feeling here. And, um, and then later on, teach them, well, what exactly are you, are you feeling alone? Are you feeling left out? Or what, you know, what's behind all that? And so this is what you do early. Just what are you feeling? And then as they get older, why are you feeling this? What happened to make you feel this way? And then when the sexual drives come in, you begin to connect the dots to why, why are you, do you mm-hmm. escape? Um, yeah, we typically and, call those triggers, right? You, you right, begin right. to figure out what are your emotional triggers mm-hmm. that kind of want to lead you down that path towards some right, kind of right. sexual thing. If a kid made, uh, if someone made fun of your child at school, that feels bad. And then that day they went home and looked at pornography. Well, they're not going to put the two together, but the parent by that time can help them connect the dots between what happened. And so next time somebody makes fun of them, they can come home and immediately tell the parent. Now, I have to admit, we got to take even another step back here, John, because, you know, Sometimes you and I um, and those of us who are in this field of of ministry or care as a vocation, Mm -hmm. we're so immersed in maybe this language and these concepts that they become sort of like second nature to us, right? Because it's just so we're so immersed in it. But we have to remember there's a lot of people out there that when you just said, well, you know, this kid can come to their parents and then essentially the parents can kind of help them navigate through that. I'm, I know we had a ton of listeners that go, are you kidding me? I don't even know how to navigate my own emotions. So we almost have to take another step back. Yeah. And how do you even, let's forget for a moment the parent-child interaction at this point. Let's just talk to parents for a second and say to any parents out there that feel completely ignorant or lost or confused about how to even recognize their own emotions and be able to process their own emotions, how would you help that parent start start to get to a better place of health in themselves so then they can also then better understand how to respond to their kids' emotions or draw them out? Well, we address that in the course because 
most of us as adults were not taught this when we were kids. Therefore, we don't know what we're feeling, much less how to help our kid know what they're feeling. And so in the course, we say, this is how you'll teach your kid at an early level how to identify what they're feeling in the first place. And if you don't know, you do the same thing. In other words, the same exact exercises you're asking your kid doing, you're doing too. So in a sense, you and your child together are learning to identify what am I feeling in this situation. Um, and I and think so it's a- set, we set that up. Uh, that That's uh, clearly defined in there. And then as they get older, this is why if you have a 12-year-old, you probably will still want to start back at the five-year-old because if we don't have a lot of understanding of our own emotions, we still need to go back to five years old and start over again. Um, And I think it's important to let parents know at this point that this is not a shameful thing. No. You know, we're all human beings that are, we're emotional beings. And so therefore, in the same way that if you needed to go to fill in the blank with whatever class you needed to go to in order to learn a particular subject, there's no shame, right, in stepping into a classroom where you're recognizing, I don't have very much proficiency in this subject, and so I need to go get some education on that. I think the same is true here. We don't need to say, because a, a parent is essentially going through exercises that are geared towards a five-year-old regarding emotions, that's not, well, it's not put necessarily the the age range on it in a shameful way. It's just saying, hey, I need I need better proficiency in this. And so I got to learn how to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I state many times throughout the the course in the course that my wife and I didn't know how we had that. We told our kids frequently, we don't know how to do this. We just know it has to be done. We're kind of making it up as we go along. And so, and, and that still works out fine. It's just that you, you have some direction in towards what you're looking on. So looking at, so with the emotional uh, awareness piece, learning what do I feel, why do I feel that way, and what can I do about it, those those three things. Um, we don't have to be perfect at it to begin working with our kids. You just have to have enough information that you have some idea of what direction to head in. And in fact, I found that when we tell our kids, look, we're just doing the best we can, we're learning this too, they're they seem more willing to engage in the process because it's not saying, look, I know what I'm doing. They don't like hearing that. I know what right. I'm doing. I tell you, they don't like that. They actually like it better when we say, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's do this together. Yeah. Well, and, and I like what you said there. You gave a framework for this whole issue of emotional awareness, right? Uh, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling it? And what mm-hmm. can I do about the feeling? I think that is a great, even just starting point for giving somewhat of a framework for parents to work from because that in itself kind of gives us uh, a, a way to look at this that puts some um, puts some structure to it, yeah, so it doesn't yeah. feel so uh, overbearing or, or difficult. Now, now obviously this is a big issue, right? The emotional awareness piece, but that's not the only thing that's no. part of helping parents. What are some other things that would be helpful in the course? The other big piece we call cleansing conversations. That is, what should you be talking about? in the way of sexuality at different age groups. Um, we don't go into like teaching the mechanics of sex or things like that because there's a thousand books out there already who do a great job on that. And we mention that and, and give them a link to a bunch of resources like that. But we talk about things like uh, identity and gender affirmation, um, like, like um, speaking maleness into a boy or femaleness into a girl and how that works uh, kind of at a general point of view when they're younger. 
as they get older, um, talking about the changes that are going to happen in puberty. I don't mean the physical changes. We, I, I mean the feelings that are going to happen, um, the increased interest in romance and sex and those kind of things and how that's a God-given thing there's a reason for that mm-hmm. we try to put a positive spin on on sexuality there's so much negative um that that's out there we don't want to couch that this way um and so we go into how well how do you how do you talk about pornography what do you say when do you say it um and then in each of the three age groups you kind of repeat everything but at a deeper level if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and then what would be um what would be some like if parents are saying man i i I don't know where to begin. I, I need some help. What would be some of the things that you would say to that parent just to get them started? Because some parents, again, they just don't know where to start. Maybe they've never had a conversation with their kids. Maybe they haven't found something on their kids' phones or whatever else, but they, but that's just it. They have no idea what's going on on their kids' phones. I mean, help the parents out there that are going, I need a little bit of a nudge. I need to know where to start. Um, what would be some just advice you would give, whether it connects directly to the Parenting for Purity course or not? Well, it, it really depends on the age. You know, when they're, when they're, they're young and, and the, the three different age groups that we deal with, um, how you start the conversation is, is kind of different and what you're going to talk about. Um, one way, um, for example, if you're going to start talking about just kind of sexuality in general, and I don't, I mean, again, I don't mean the mechanics of how sex works, but 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 the the feelings and what do we do with that? Um, one way that you can start a conversation is there's uh, DVDs or books that you can get that literally are designed to help start that conversation. And so we list those on there. Um, there are actual some what I call conversation starters to to that you can you can do. And we always tell this is scary to parents a little bit, and I understand that. We always start by. The parent has to tell their story first. For example, let me give you, if you're going to address the issue of pornography, for example, instead of starting on like, well, we need to talk about, well, you know, this, let's say a kid's 10 years old or older, not, maybe not the young, you might do something differently with a younger kid. And you're, you're wanting to say, talk about, bring up the subject of pornography. You don't know if they've seen it or not. You don't know if they've heard about it. You don't know what. And so uh, we always tell us parents to tell their story first. So what that means is, I know I need to talk to you about this. Do you know what pornography is? And, and, and kind of go over that. And they say, let me tell you my story of when I first saw pornography. And then how old was I? What happened? How did I feel about it? Um, what that did to my life? You know, did I get involved mm-hmm. in looking a lot? And this seems really frightening maybe to a parent. But um, in the course, there's videos. Uh, my son, um, when back when he was in high school, is on the in the course talking. And he talks about when... Um, when we had the, those discussions and this is kind of what he said is like kids are most afraid of if their parents will understand what they're feeling. Right. So the kid's biggest fear is my parents not going to understand that I kind of want to look at this or already have looked at this or I can't stop looking at this and they're not going to understand that. But a lot of us do <laughs> understand that. And so they don't know that. Um, and so the big thing is to say, look, I, I know where you've come from. I understand where you've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there myself. And so that makes it safer than for the kid to be able to open up. And then another thing we say is instead of before you go to your kid and say, what have you done? What have you seen? What have you an easier way to open that conversation is what have you heard your friends talk about? Right. What what are your 
do you know of any are you aware of any friends looking at pornography do they ever talk about that why do they talk about doing online because it's safer for the kid you're not asking them what they did that that can begin to open the conversation and then they're going to watch the parents reaction to what you're saying and if it looks like you're not freaking out then they then makes it easier for them to come around and tell you what they've been doing yeah so i'm hearing several things here that i think are really really important for parents one is earlier in the conversation, just this attitude of humility, uh, the idea of, listen, you know, we may we may not know what we're doing, but we're going to learn alongside you. But then I'm also hearing some good things here in terms of um, leading by example in the conversation by being willing to share your story. And then finally, I'm hearing you say that it's so important for the parents to create that safe environment so that the kids know whatever they have to share, whether it's about their friends or about themselves they're going to be met with grace. They're going to be met with safety and the realization that we can have a conversation about this and nobody's going to spontaneously combust and there's not going to be, you know, one of the things that I, uh, I tried to do with my son um, when he started hitting puberty and things like that was um, in order to create more of the safety in the conversation, I would repeatedly and still do this. I would repeatedly tell him, you know, you will never, ever, ever get in trouble for confessing your struggle to me. In other words, there's, I think sometimes there's this expectation that there might be punishment if mm -hmm. a kid confesses to their parents that they've looked at pornography or that they've struggled with their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important. It's on us as parents to set that safety yeah. um, to be able to say, no, this is a safe place. This is the safest place for you to have a conversation about yeah. this. Yeah, it's important that when a kid, uh, most ki well, in our current reality, very, very few kids are never going to be exposed to pornography. It may not be their fault, but it, it, in, our, in the reality we live in, it's virtually impossible to keep that from happening. Mm -hmm. So when a kid, assuming a kid has the courage to, now this assumes that you've made it feel safe enough and you've told them over and over again, you're not going to be in trouble. When a kid first comes and says, look, I've been, I've seen this, whatever happened and I've seen pornography. Um, it's really, really important that first time that a parent is ready. And the first thing that a parent says is, I'm so glad you told me. Um, and you're exactly right. If you can't, you can't wrap punishment into that. You just can't do that. No matter, even if the kid completed it on purpose, um, because what's going to happen is they'll never be the last conversation they ever have with you. Yeah, they'll shut down. So, John, we're about out of time here, and I would love for uh, uh, you to share a little bit more about the platform uh, oh, for, yeah. for training. And uh, listeners, just so you know, we don't have a hard set launch date yet for Parenting for Purity. This is to let you know this is coming out. Um, our hope is that it's, you know, sometime maybe by end of summer this year or something, but these are just kind of large windows of time. There's still a lot of finalization stuff to do. But John, share about the platform of where this will eventually show up. And then listeners, in a minute, we're going to give you an email that you can use to request that you be alerted as soon as the program is available. So it's going to be on the website, purelifeacademy.org. And that's where we're putting all of our training material. There's a little bit of stuff up there already. We're going to continue to add as fast as we can get the stuff developed. All the content is made. It's just a matter of getting it formatted and putting in on that online platform. Um, and we've got it so that it, it like you say, ho hopefully by the end of summer, maybe sooner. We'll just see. We'll see what happens and we can let you know. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's interactive. So there's going to be video and um, interactions and, and, and application questions that I ask you to, to do, um, not not in graded, but more for you to work through is how am I going to implement this in my house? And we're also working on the possibility, listeners, that for some who maybe want a little bit more advanced coaching or mentoring, there might be even some possible packages for, for that as well. Um, but I just want to let you listeners know, um, if you will email parentingforpurity, so all one word, parentingforpurity at purelifeacademy.org, if you will email us that, we'll put this in the show notes. We'll also uh, put it on the screen here. Uh, but p- parenting for purity at purelifeacademy.org. If you will send an email saying anything like, hey, I want to be alerted when this program is out, we will be happy to send you an email and let you know when the course is available. Um, we've already been getting a lot of positive feedback from people who have sort of kind of been on in the know on this. Um, but we believe this is a resource that's going to really help bolster communication between parents and their kids and hopefully be able to continue to raise up maybe new generations that have a have a healthier view of sexuality. Um, and so, John, do you have any closing comments that you'd like to say? Yeah, I would just say just don't wait. I, I can't tell you how many parents have told me, you know, I thought my kid was too young, but at six or seven or eight years old, I found out they'd been exposed to hardcore video porn. Yeah. And it's like, they're not too young. <laughs> there, there, is, there is no too early to get to start getting prepared as a parent for this. Um, that, that's my main encouragement is people, parents don't want to think about this. I understand that. And we, we want to just pretend it's not there and put it off. But it's much better to have, get, there's things to get started on when they're five years old that have nothing to do with talking about sex, which is not, that's not the hard part. So get started then. You know? All right. Yeah. Well, John, thanks for uh, being with us and for being on our team here at uh, Be Broken. So I appreciate you being on the, on the line with us. All right. Thank you. And listeners, we're always glad that you're with us and we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thanks. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.